they're like, okay, if the humans won't listen to us, or they do listen to us and they misinterpret us because we're so different, let's just go ahead and be the human. Maybe they'll listen to their own kind. So that's when the Galactic Federation started to look for volunteers. Hey, beautiful beings of higher frequencies. Do you want to go on an adventure of a lifetime? Come on down to planet Earth. It's going to be really fun. And it was really tough to find volunteers from the Galactic Federation, as you could imagine. Why would we leave all of this and go down there? And when I reference starseeds, it means that your soul is not originally from the lower dimensions. It's not originally from planet Earth. It's actually from much higher dimensions. And you came to incarnate and volunteer to be here as a human. The problem that happened. What percentage of people are volunteers then? It's hard to say. I would say between 10 to 20%. Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. I'm Danica, and I will be your guide through today's fascinating conversation. Get ready to have your mind absolutely blown. Mine was, and I've looked into this stuff a lot. Uh, Today on the show is Elizabeth April. She is a past life regressionist. She's an author. Uh, She's a truth seeker. Um, and she channels. And um, one of the big things that she channels is the Galactic Federation and entities in the universe. And so she channels and understands what's going on, information about our planet, interaction with entities. It really goes way back to her dad doing a past life regression reading for her when she was young. That led into her doing that. That then led into her being abducted by aliens. And it went from there. And that was about 10 years ago, I think. So she's had a decade of astral projecting into uh, different places in the universe and connecting with different entities. And she's channeled everything from obviously her past lives to other people's past lives, where we came from into Egypt and Lumeria and Atlantis and all kinds of ancient civilizations. We talked about extraterrestrials, we talked about the different kinds, we talked about the role of um, our role on Earth, we talked about the the role of other entities on Earth with us. Thank you for coming to the interview, thank you for watching. Please hit subscribe, like this, share it, comment. Are you into this or are you not? I'm really curious, and I'm curious if you've um, looked into all this stuff too. And you guys can fill in the gaps too. We can all connect. At, at, we can all we all have the power to connect with uh, other entities and, and energies. It's just a matter of opening our minds. So, open your mind and enjoy. I know that this episode is not going to come out today, so people aren't going to be able to hear it. But just for informational purposes, what's going on now, and how do those things affect us energetically? Absolutely. Um, I mean, over the past two to three years, there's been a lot going on, as you mentioned, Schumann resonance and, um, you know, uh, just cosmic, you know, awakening in general. But uh, right now at this time, there's actually a lot of solar flares that are taking place. And I believe that the sun brings us a lot of light codes. So there's a lot of upgrades that are taking place with people. And um, exhaustion is the number one symptom of an upgrade. Not to mention, there's also this huge kind of battle that's taking place on planet Earth at an energetic level. So a lot of people who kind of just live their everyday lives uh, and, and 
don't even think about the awakening are actually in their astral bodies a lot of the time supporting other people, other places, situations, or actually in full-on astral battles around the planet. So that could definitely be part of it. And then we have to think about the collective vibration as well. Mm. There's a ton of people who are in a lower vibrational frequency, who are in fear, who are feeling chaotic, and that's going to have a direct impact and effect on our lives. So it could be your best friend or your family member or a relationship that's kind of crumbling or collapsing or just really challenging in general. And that can be also very draining on the energy. Mm. Okay. Well, what's this energetic battle happening? (laughs) All right. We're doing it. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. It's it's kind of a battle between light and dark, and it's happening at a physical and at a non-physical level. And... Essentially, we want to come out on the other end of it, on the other side of it, uh, in unity consciousness. Um, And unity really means both light and dark living together in harmony. So a lot of people think that like 5D frequency is this other world, this other place, this, you know, butterflies and rainbows and aura, you know, (laughs) vibrations. And, And it is when you're in it. But the way that I kind of like to describe the fifth dimension frequency is it's a perception change. Mm-hmm. And eventually when you change your mindset and you change your perception, your physical reality will change with it. And it takes a lot longer for that physical reality to shift into the highest vibrational alignment because the physical world is dense as we all know, and it's just a slower vibration. So you may take three years to manifest a new living situation, but to change your mindset is momentary. And so what's happening on planet earth is the vibrational frequency, the energy on planet earth is changing. It's going from a very low vibration, a very dense vibration, a very linear vibration. And by that, I mean, it's all this or all that. It's all or nothing. It's black or white. It's right or wrong. That's the linear. It's the past or the future. Whereas where we're moving is once again, this unified energy, this unified field, which is it's yes and no. It's Mm. right and wrong. It's black and white. It's high and low vibration. 
And so we enter into this state, which is kind of this quantum simultaneous state. And it can be very overwhelming for people to enter into a state where everything exists simultaneously. It's kind of like multitasking, but in your reality. Mm. So when we're talking about the, uh, the energetic battle being more specific, are there, like, I feel like I've heard about if your low vibration is low, that it is like an entry point for entities to be able to feed off of your energy. And when your energy levels high enough, they can't feed off of you. So it's like an exponential downward spiral. Um, so if that's true, then what, what do you, is that part of the energetic battle and what yeah, is, absolutely. what is trying to take your energy? Yeah. So definitely like other entities, um, even extraterrestrial beings who are not of a higher vibration, when you're in a low vibration or you're separated from that source energy, then um, you're very greedy, you're very kind of individualistic, and you're just looking for power and control, and you're hungry for that. And so that's what these entities gravitate towards. They gravitate towards the light. They gravitate towards the high vibration so that they can essentially feed off of it. As gross and creepy as that sounds, it actually does happen. And there have been many different um, historical records of whether it be monsters or entities or, you know, nightmarish kind of things. There have been, you know, records of these things purported in many different kind of timelines in human history, along with religion. Of course, we know, you know, the demons and all of that. Um, and so I truly believe that we can all kind of go within, discern the energy that is coming in, and we can stand in our power and raise our vibration, which does um, shift our, our energy away from the lower vibrations, which mm -hmm. also, like you mentioned, doesn't allow these entities or energies to hang on to us. Mm -hmm. um, so this basically, it's, there's a lot of information with the energetic battle, but at the end, at the end, uh, humanity as a whole is meant to make a decision. And the reason why there's a lot of extraterrestrial presence around this um, and around planet Earth, there's a reason. The, the reason why there's like a lot of emphasis around this kind of battle at this time is because we do have to make a choice whether we're going to continue this separation, continue the darkness, continue the individuality, or if we want to move into that kind of upper, um, higher vibrational unity. And uh, and and it has huge effects for the rest of the universe, depending on what we choose. And, you know, if we're going to go there, I truly believe that human beings are a hybrid species, which means that I believe that there was a missing link back in our evolutionary progression. Mm -hmm. And that missing link was interdimensional forces. And I believe that they came in and they messed with our DNA and they actually upgraded us with their DNA. And because of this, we are essentially the children of these interdimensional beings and as these children, um, what I've channeled is that we are actually a peace treaty. So essentially hmm. what we choose at, based on the certain vibration that we just embody, right? It's, it's a choice, but it's also an embodiment um, that will actually have huge effects on, say, the Galactic Federation, the solar system and this galaxy and beyond. 
um, based on the fact that we are presented with some of the lowest vibrational energies in the universe and we are presented with some of the highest vibrational energies mm-hmm. in the universe and and we're kind of like these children like do you want to go to mommy or daddy you know and like what direction do you want to go in and that's ultimately our choice and there's a lot of manipulating factors that we have to be aware of that have actually been implanted within society for quite some time. And that's where, you know, the distractions and the fears really come in. And that's why we see a lot of negativity at this time, a lot of polarity at this time. Um, but likewise, we see an increasing amount of awakening souls right. and higher vibrations. Right. Which is amazing. So why are we so important to the Galactic Federation or to the universe? Like, why do we matter in this giant universe multiverse where there's trillions and trillions of galaxies and, you know, even more zeros on the end to how many inhabitable planets there probably are? Why, why do we matter? In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code Somnium to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, that was one of my first big questions when I... Uh, ended up getting abducted at the age of 18 and kind of blew the lid off of my reality of, oh my goodness, they do exist. They are here. Uh, Why? Why us? Like, you know, I I figured there's got to be something else out there, but why would they bother with human beings like this ant-like species, (laughs) you know, in the universe, this third dimensional, archaic caveman kind of, you know, civilization? So, so yeah, so that was one of my biggest questions. And once again, it comes back to this peace treaty. So from what the Galactic Federation has relayed to me for many, many, like millions, if not billions and trillions and beyond years, um, there has been an energetic battle happening in the universe. And if you think about it, there's all of these beings, all of these civilizations that are in different dimensions and on different planets. And the ones who are in higher vibration is let's just all live in peace and unity together. And we do exist in a binary or polarizing universe, which means that everywhere in the universe, there's going to be light and dark. There's going to be a difference, um, which is a really great way to learn and grow and get challenged and move forward. Um, So the light beings are, let's live in unison uh, and in harmony with the darkest aspects of the universe and the lightest aspects, right? And then the darkest aspects or the darkest civilizations of this universe are, screw that. Why would I live in harmony with you and give up part of my resources when I could just take your resources? <laughs> um, and, and at that kind of logical level, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could, I, yeah, you right. know, uh, I guess. So, but that's kind of where they come from and what the Galactic Federation has done. And for those who don't maybe know what the Galactic Federation is, I always kind of akin it to um, uh, like a galactic government for the universe, kind of like the UN, but like less corrupt, maybe a lot less corrupt. And they're just here to align the different beings in the universe and the civilizations in the universe to the universal truths. 
So one of the, uh, or universal laws, I should say, one of the universal laws is the, is the law of non-intervention, which basically means that no being is able to intervene or take the free will away from another being, right? So that sovereignty is so important all throughout the universe. And what happens in universal galactic history is these lower vibrational beings continue to intervene, continue to manipulate, continue to take power, resources, energy, supplies, whatever, from other civilizations, um, which is a huge no-no in the universe. And so the GFL has to basically come in and like sort things out. And so there's been a lot of peace treaties. And you can think about these old peace treaties as kind of like maybe imagining like a piece of paper, like two, you know, um, officials sit down and say, okay, like we're going to have peace for 10,000 years. I agree to this peace. And every single time the lower vibrational beings always find a way to get greedy and want more mm. and override the peace treaty contracts. That is why um, a very long time ago, it was prophesized in the Galactic Federation from a very ancient mystic who said, there is going to be a civilization that is created that is going to end the war of all wars. Um, and, the, and they didn't know what civilization it was or how it was going to come to be. But the mystic relayed the information that this civilization was going to be the, um, the creation of, uh, once again, some of the lowest vibrational beings and some of the highest vibrational beings in the entire universe. And us as these children... Um, with the very extreme polarity within us, the capabilities of really any experience in the universe, mm -hmm. we then have to make a decision, but we have to be free in order to make that choice. And what's taking place right here on planet Earth is all of the old systems that were created to suppress and oppress us um, mm -hmm. and to keep us into a lower vibration, they're all crumbling and collapsing because I believe that a lot of our societal systems were put in place and created by some of these lower vibrational beings um, to really trigger us into the fight or flight, to trigger us into the survival kind of mentality, which is the lower vibration. And so as these systems are crumbling and breaking down, we're feeling more and more free and more and more liberated. And I know 2020 was a lot for a lot of people, um, but I believe that it was exactly what humanity needed in order to shift away from what these norms are, you know, the nine to five job. You know, all of a sudden people are like, maybe I don't want the nine to five. Maybe I want to create my own business. Maybe I want to have freedoms in other ways. And we're getting away from the system that was really put in place for us. The Galactic Federation, GFL, that's the, that's the Galactic Federation abbreviation, that Galactic Federation. Of light. Of light. Um, how many How many entities or how many extraterrestrial are in it? And then which one are we in a contract with? Good question. Yeah. So there are like literally an infinite amount of different civilizations and species that are a part of the Galactic Federation. Any, any being at an individual or collective level who is just down for unity in the universe is connected to the Galactic Federation and they have contracts with the Galactic Federation, which are really just contracts with universal source consciousness to say, you know, I will never uh, override someone else's free will. Like they're really basic things, you know? Um, 
And so within the structure of the Galactic Federation, there are all these different councils and every council has different beings within them. And every council deals with a different uh, aspect of the universe or aspect of the planet. It depends. There's many different Galactic Federation motherships that kind of all specify different things. I connect a lot with the Galactic Federation mothership that deals with planet Earth, which is a pretty big one because it's a pretty big deal that we're here and we're going through all of this. Um, and one of the councils that I connect with a lot is the Pleiadian Security Council is what I call them. There's about eight Pleiadian beings and um, the Pleiadians look very human, um, typically blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, they're much larger though. They're like six to seven feet tall, quite broad shoulders. And yeah, they look like this really like kind of beautiful, perfect race in a sense, but that's from our kind of limited human perception. I know um, some Palladians here on earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're just such a joy to be around. Yeah. And, um, and so they really help with uh, security matters. So they've told me about things like uh, a volcano erupting or a giant um, Arctic ice shelf breaking off. Um, they've told me about wars that are coming. They've told me about upgrades that are happening. Uh, wow. So they're kind of my go-to uh, council to visit. And I visit them in the astral. So I uh, do a lot of astral traveling and remote viewing. I've been doing that for about 10, 11 years now, probably when I was a kid too, um, but consciously doing it for 10, 11 years. And so I usually go up there in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, another council that I love connecting with is the Octurian Timeline Council. It's mm -hmm. a smaller council. It's about three to four Octurian beings. They are much shorter, around five feet tall, at least these ones, because there's many different kind of subsets of species within species. Um, and they're blue. They've got huge elongated heads and then big uh, black eyes. Mm. And they're very lovely, like such a joy. And they, they, a lot of these beings have a sense of humor. So I, I find myself laughing a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask, do any of them have a sense of humor? A hundred percent. Yeah. But a really like awkward sense of humor. I'm like, is that a joke? Like, you know, um, but you feel their intentions. And the Octarian Timeline Council deals with all of the different timelines for the future. So that's really fascinating if you're interested in like simultaneous time and like quantum physics. And I'm that's very really interested in quantum. I just interviewed a physicist yesterday. Like I am so interested in quantum physics. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, as we raise our vibration on the planet, we're getting into this quantum space. Like no longer is classical physics even going to be relevant to us, yeah, which is general so relativity. Exciting. That's we were talking about general relativity, relativity and quantum physics, and just Einstein developed general rel relativity, but he also was a big part of quantum physics, and he didn't really like it. And you know, spooky things happening at a distance. He said with yeah. quantum entanglement and everything, but but that's essentially what um, what Brian Cox said, where it basically is all becoming quantum physics or quantum mechanics. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as far as like human beings being in contract with the Galactic Federation, it's kind of like our entire civilization is connected and in contracts with the entire kind of Galactic Federation of Light, um, rather than just one being or one, you know, council even. It's like we've got a whole group of beings who are so eager to help us. Um, but be once again, because of the law of non-intervention, they're unable to just um, 
assist all of us freely and willingly, uh, we have to ask for help. We have to ask for support. And we're getting to a point now on planet Earth where a lot of us are kind of looking up into the stars and saying, all right, if you're out there, like, come on down and help us out, um, even yeah. if they're not spiritual or awakened. And I think that's that's incredible. And we need more of that. Do we aim our request or hope for help at anyone in particular or is it oh is it a good enough sort of statement to just say anybody out in the universe if you can help us get through this mess please do you know <laughs> yeah exactly so you can aim it specifically at the galactic federation just because um they always have our highest intentions in mind if Got you're it. like hey anyone come down and help it's kind of like oh. opening up a portal with the ouija board like you don't want to oh, you don't want to go there but you can you could always prevent anything unwanted from coming in by leaving off all of your intentions um with the highest good of all involved and that's what i do hey if anyone could help us out, you know, with the highest good of all involved, yeah. come on down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. When I pull, when I pull cards, that's usually what I say, like anyone, you know, come in with, you know, you have my highest good in mind and love in your heart. Like give me, yep. you know, come through with an answer. I'd love to get back to all the different extraterrestrial and the entities. Um, what are some of the most dominant ones um, that inter that you interact with that interact with this planet? Um, and maybe start there and then maybe we'll get to some of them that, that don't so much. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, and I go through actually the main species on planet earth or interacting with planet earth and all of the physical and vibrational, emotional, um, similarities that you might have if you are connected to these species. I, I go through all of that in my book. So if we don't get to like every okay. little detail, yeah, then yeah, yeah. That's what I recommend for people to do. Is, is your book is called You Didn't Die, You're Just Waking Up? Is that? Yeah, you're not dying, you're just waking up. You're not yeah. dying, you're just waking up. Great. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, it really sums up the awakening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I mentioned, the Pleiadians. Um, so, so for them, if you are connected with the Palladians, typically you're a very empathic soul and you're very like every Palladian I've ever met who's incarnated on planet Earth is um, like really all about justice. Mm -hmm. So they're sometimes they're in a political background. Um, sometimes they're just advocates. Um, sometimes they're a part of nonprofits, but they're very much so about justice and integrity and making sure that everyone is treated fairly. Um, and I love that a lot of Pleiadian souls are also like very much so like leaders, like in leadership positions um, and they'll lead the way and they're very kind of charismatic and outgoing in that sense. At a physical level, um, some Palladian, uh, it, it depends because there's like a Palladian soul, which is just kind of your vibration. And then there's a Palladian body. So they're two very different things. Okay. And that comes from your ancestral lineage. Um, and you could have been a Palladian or an Octurian or uh, anything. You could have been because anything. 
And you probably have exactly. Been. And because they've intermingled their DNA with our DNA, there yeah. are ancestral lines. So even though I believe we're all hybrids, you mm-hmm. could say, for example, have uh, more Pleiadian, angelic, and maybe Anunnaki DNA within you based on your lineage. So mm-hmm. for example, I believe that the Pleiadians came down to planet Earth originally back in ancient Lymeria. Um, and then they uh, they were very much so populating ancient Atlantis, and that's kind of where their bloodline uh, started. And then they started to, after Atlantis fell, they went all over the, the world, and they started to intermingle with the uh, indigenous populations, and therefore starting these bloodlines. Um, so yeah, so typically at a physical level, a very symmetrical um, very symmetrical body, very symmetrical face. And typically like some Palladians I've met have like stunning blue eyes, but that's not always the case. Um, but like I said, just a very warm, soft presence within them, leadership and a lot of like the, the fight for justice. Um, then we have the angels. There's a lot of angelic, uh, presence around here on planet earth and angels are very... Yeah, we need them. We need more of them. Yeah. And so they are um, empathic, like, but empathic to a fault, which means that they get very overwhelmed easily. They're very, they get very anxious in situations, which I don't blame them. Um, and they just want to help. Like, these are the people who will take the shirt off their back to say, Hey, here you go. Like, let me assist you. Let me help Mm -hmm. you. Um, they're typically like in positions of help or support or like services, um, like public servants, um, nurses. I've seen a lot of angels in nursing positions, um, and, and even doctors, but it's just, there's this like, soft essence soft energy uh, around the angelic uh, energy and vibration and they also tend to be very naive actually so they get taken advantage of a lot of like as long as I give love out (laughs) they'll feel that love and I'll receive love back and their whole life they're just forgiving (laughs) and forgiving and forgiving and they keep getting taken advantage of and it just it it, yeah it just pains my soul to like see that happen because it happens a lot so those are the angels typically at a physical level they can kind of look any sort of way um angels are usually like like as far as like an angelic like physical line it would be like more petite like they're smaller you know around five to five and a half feet tall and you just feel their presence oh yeah they're naturally gifted healers so they tend to gravitate towards reiki and energy healing and crystals and all of that stuff too so the angels are really nice um, and then we have some of the other kind of like more dense beings so the Anunnaki are were pr- pretty prevalent on planet earth And their intermingling with human beings dates all the way back to, and actually long before uh, ancient sites like ancient Egypt. I remember watching plenty of videos about them and that they came to this planet to mine gold Mm -hmm. and that they created humans as essentially a slave race. So they didn't have to do it. And they were the ones that invented time and schedules and all that thing and all that because there was basically slaves mining this gold for them because they needed this element on their planet. Is that true? A hundred percent. It's true. Yeah. So I've been able to actually remote view into these ancient human history timelines to actually take a look at what's gone on. So I didn't know that there was all these people who were going back into ancient Sumerian records to to say, oh, well, this is what happened. And these were the giants, right? In quotations. Um, 
so I didn't know that there was, there was people saying all the same things that I was saying, because all I know is what I've channeled and what I've seen and what I've remote viewed, right? Which keeps the information for me anyway, very pure. And I don't have all this perception to navigate through other than my own. Um, so yeah, so, so the Anunnaki originally created human beings. They're actually considered um, like, what are they considered? Kind of like the creator species in, in this galaxy anyway. So they, cre- they ended up creating the Palladians as well. Like they've created a lot of humanoid looking um, civilizations and they always typically create these civilizations for their own wants and needs. Mm. And then whenever they get, I don't know, they get what they want or they get bored or whatever. They're like, okay, peace. See ya. And they've just created this civilization. They've just created this whole entire species and, uh, and they walk away from it. Um, so, so is that where I- we came from? Is that where we came from then? <laughs> so Did we start and- off as like in, what was it? The, I'm trying to think of the uh, Stanley Kubrick movie with, um, anyway, at the very beginning, it's monkeys for like ever. It's like a half an hour of monkeys. You're like, I totally get it. Okay. I got it. Um, but did we start off as some, was there an entity on this planet or did we, or were we brought here from another planet? Uh, there was like the, basically the Neanderthals. We were at the point okay. of being a Neanderthal. Okay. Um, and it probably would have taken hundreds of millions of billions of years to get to where we are right now if we had no intervention. Um, so I believe that we're a manufactured species and not a an organic species um and so the first huge shift in our evolution the first huge gap that that science can't explain is when the anunnaki came to this planet and what's really fascinating about that like immediately when i started to take a look at the amount of intervention let's say that happened in our human history and i was channeling this and and remote viewing these ancient human history timelines i was pissed i was so angry i'm like what no way like that's not okay like they they can't just do that now granted we did evolve so i went to the galactic federation this is like 10 years ago and i'm like yo guys come on like you have all <laughs> these resources you have all of this technology and you didn't stop them from making us slaves for how many years hundreds of thousands of years like what and um they always laugh at me when i get upset cuz it's a very human reaction right like it's like my sure. human coming through yeah. and they explained to me they said We've been aware of every different um, species, civilization being to manipulate Earth or manipulate human beings, whether it be in a physical way, energetic way. And they said, we only allow what is contracted to happen. And essentially, by saying that, they, they implied that everything that took place with the Anunnaki was contracted to happen because what did they do? They evolved us hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years in a matter of a short period of time. And yeah, Mm -hmm. they taught us math. They taught us astrology, uh, astronomy. They taught us uh, sacred uh, geometry. You know, they, like they gave us art. They gave us, they gave us a lot of stuff. Um, And there was a really interesting point in the evolution when they were working with human beings and they were, they were, they were very hesitant to allow this like species that they created to evolve on their own. And what I mean by that is they were very hesitant to allow us to breed uh, with each other. 
So they actually didn't allow us to have babies for a very long time. So there was like, I think three generations that they worked with. So generation one and generation two of their hybrid from the Neanderthals, they just, uh, they basically didn't allow us to procreate. Did um, they procreate with us? Okay. So, uh, yes. So because they basically wanted population control because they knew that if they could control that, then they would be always in charge. And so what happened was by gen three, they were kind of sick and tired. They didn't have the resources anymore to create us one by one by hand to kind of keep the population going. So they then created the next generation, which was we were able to procreate with each other. Um, the Anunnaki ended up falling in love with the female humans uh, quite often, actually. And, um, and so they started to procreate with the female humans, this, this you know, hybrid species that they created, and they started to create babies together. And in ancient Greece, like I also went back into ancient Greek times, uh -huh. and they were considered the uh, demigods, right? So the Anunnaki were considered the gods, and the uh, creation between the gods and the humans were considered the demigods. So they weren't necessarily 20... 30 feet tall, they were more so 10 feet tall, you know, as this kind of pairing. So uh, even if- How does a woman say, handle a 20 foot man's I, thing, you know, like, I don't <laughs> get it, but you know. I, I, I am very <laughs> curious about that as well. Um, or maybe not, maybe I'm not at all. Uh, so, so, you know, the Anunnaki are, are very interesting. Like at first I was like, wow, like what an evil- civilization you know I really look down upon them but now I understand that they're just very actually they're very divine masculine driven so yeah there are female Anunnaki's who are all back on their home planet and only the male Anunnaki's were allowed here that should say everything okay is that oh yeah that's totally, yeah you know they're just male dominated and and they they want it their way um but in that way they're just very logical and analytical and they just they, they get what they need and they get out and like they're, they didn't really necessarily have like a malice intent, let's say, and they okay. still don't have a malice intent. Um, and there's actually a ton of Anunnaki who work with the Galactic Federation. Uh, it might not be the entire species of the Anunnaki, but there's definitely individuals that work with the GFL and kind of help them help us. Um, is, uh, is their planet Nibiru? What's their planet? Yeah, their planet is Nibiru and uh, sometimes referred to as Planet X. And they have other planets as well that they have completely inhabited. Oh, wow. And doesn't that come and make a cycle? Like, doesn't its orbit come into our and into our orbit every so often? Is it 12,000 years or 26,000 years? I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So a lot of people mm -hmm. um, think that the this world is going to end with Planet X because the the magnitude of, of how close that planet is going to come to our planet is going really? to. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, believe that like major earthquakes and things like that. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't believe that there's much of a, I believe that there are, you know, gravitational pulls and other things in astrophysics, but um, I don't necessarily believe there's some huge significance behind that planet mm -hmm. in particular with us, even though there has been a huge significance with the Anunnaki. And I know that there's a lot of like very strong Anunnaki um, incarnates here uh, acting as human beings. And typically the Anunnaki incarnates as like a starseed are 
uh, once again, very divine masculine, very much so leaders, uh, very um, kind of very much so in a delegation sort of role. Um, and a lot of the Anunnaki who have incarnated as human beings, they really want to see the, the shift to a higher frequency. They want to see that through. So they're very, they're very interactive with the spiritual awakening and, and want the, the light to win, essentially. It's Amen. like they're kind of like overdoing their wrongs. Like they want to kind of reverse the damage that they did in the past. Mm. But looking back at it, you know, I'm grateful that they intermingled with us. They advanced, <laughs> advanced us more than any other civilization out there did. And here we are today. It's almost like their earth existence, like their human existence is sort of like their penance or their purgatory. A hundred percent. Because it it's so yeah. hard here. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, those little funny memes where it's like, you know, <laughs> I thought that I, I thought coming to earth would be a lot easier. So, you know, things like that. Like, oh my God, why did I really sign up for this? Um, yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Okay. I know I got us off on a really big tangent on the Anunnaki, but it's probably one of them that I've looked into the most. So, okay. So the Anunnaki, um, we've got the Palladians, the Arcturians, um, Angelics. Oh, and I think you had talked about the Arcturians before the Angelics. Um, what else do we have here? We do have reptilians here. Um, I think that that's, that's another like hugely talked about, you know, which is, I'm glad that it's hugely talked about. I remember back in the day when I started to um, remote view around planet earth, because, you know, you step into the ability of being consciously aware of like going anywhere you want. And so you're like a, a kid in a candy story, like, Oh my you God, know, I'd, never, I'd never come out of my bedroom. I had just yeah. <laughs> sitting at my altar the whole time, just like having a ball going all over the universe. So yeah, I'm, I give you major props for doing <laughs> interviews and being yeah. human. Yeah, that, I did that for the first couple of years until I kind of got all of my major questions out of the way. But I, I went, I ended up going to a lot of like underground military bases. Um, I just kind of took a look at the seedier side of the shadow government. And mm -hmm. I started to interact with a lot of these, I called them dinosaur beings because I didn't know what they were called, right? And yeah. they were just giant, like 10 feet tall, uh, green, scaly, looking like a freaking humanoid dinosaur. Sometimes they had tails even. It was bizarre. And like some sort of weird mutation from like the T-Rex, you know, like that's kind of what <laughs> it felt like. And so this is going to be really wild. This is actually even wilder than the Anunnaki. Um, and this is just everything that I've channeled from looking into human history. This is probably going to be, it's probably already a lot for your community, but we're, we're going there. We're doing it. You're here for it. So before the Anunnaki ever came to planet earth, um, what I was taking a look at in human history, like long before Limeria, long before Atlantis, long before these ancient Sumerian civilization, Mesopotamia, all of it. Um, there were the dinosaurs and they did walk the earth and the most intelligent civilization with the dinosaurs was these reptilian beings. So what I saw is that the reptilian beings were originally a part of this planet and the ecosystem. And I don't know how they got here. I don't know if they were planted here or if they actually just naturally evolved here. I know that there are tons of reptilian beings and Draco beings and Archon beings out there in the universe, but specifically for this planet, 
there was this group and it felt like they naturally evolved and they saved themselves from one of the huge cataclysms on planet earth because they were able to go underground because they had the intelligence they had the they had kind of the brain power more so than the rest of the dinosaurs that were more sort of like animals if that makes sense Uh um and so when the Anunnaki came here, the reptilians told them, uh-uh, you're not allowed to be here. This is our planet. You can't just come here and think that you're going to take over these Neanderthal monkey, you know, beings like that. That's they, you, we own them, not you. And mm-hmm. so the Anunnaki said, we'll advance you and we'll work with you so that when we leave, you can be in full control of the human beings. And so... So the, uh, so the reptilians were like, sure, yeah, that works for us. And so they ended up working with the Anunnaki. So at a certain point in time, so back in ancient Egypt, the, the structure, the system was the Anunnaki, the large giant humanoid beings were considered the gods of the time. And there's literally statues that represent how big they actually were. Um, even hieroglyphs that hieroglyphs that represent them sitting down and the, the height difference between them and the humans. I mean, crazy. Um, so there was the Anunnaki who were considered the gods of that time. And then there were the reptilians who were also walking around during ancient Egypt. And they were considered like the way that I saw it was like, they were almost like the managers of the humans as the slaves, like humans were really truly still enslaved back then. Um, then one of the craziest, like, I guess, human history moments that I ever witnessed, it was so cool. And this was many years ago, but this was like many, many years ago um, uh, as far as timelines. So this was like dead ancient Egypt era. And, you know, I saw the pyramids. They were already built at that time. And there was these three huge, like giant ships that came down and hovered over the pyramids of ancient Egypt. And mm-hmm. it, like they were so big. And I could tell because of the shadow that they cast on the ground mm-hmm. right, of ancient Egypt. Once again, this is the time where the Anunnaki and the reptilian were in full control of the humans. So these ships happened to be the Galactic Federation ships. And the Mm -hmm. Galactic Federation came to ancient Egypt and said, look, you have been here for long enough. And it's time that you leave human beings to their own devices, like let them evolve on their own. So this was kind of a point in time where the contracts uh, with these civilizations and these beings were ending. And it was time that they kind of just leave human beings alone. So the GFL came down and said that. And so the Anunnaki were like, all right, cool. We're not going to fight you. We're gone. We got what we needed anyway, which was really just mining gold. And then they stayed a As little a tiny, longer. tiny question just in the yeah. middle of this. Yeah. Were the tops of the pyramids made of gold? And yes, did they, they take were. them with them then? I didn't see them take them, but I've, I also never asked that question. At that point in time, they were so, like, they were fully made of gold. Yeah. Like they were shining. Um, I just put that together as you were talking about it and the Anunnaki being there and the tops of the pyramids. Oh and then I thought to myself, God. where are the, cause I was in Egypt last year. Yeah. And of course I've, but I've studied Egypt for a long time and yeah. it's like, where are the tops? And yep. there's obviously the theory that they were made of gold. And so if it was the Anunnaki yeah. there and they're like, got it, we got our stuff. Like they're like, get <laughs> cash and leave, take wow. the tops. Yeah. Okay, anyway, keep going. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. So the Anunnaki were gone. They were like, okay, cool. We're leaving. We got what we wanted. They stayed for longer than they should have anyway. But the reptilians said to the Galactic Federation, absolutely not. We're not leaving. This is our planet. The human beings have no right to be here. They're the ones that need to be kicked off. 
And so the Galactic Federation went to their councils and they discussed it amongst themselves and said, well, they're not wrong. And I roll because of the law of non-intervention, we actually can't push them off of their own planet because they do have a right to it. So what the Galactic Federation said is, okay, we've decided that we'll let you stay, but you cannot be seen by humans. And they thought you cannot be influenced by humans if you can't be seen by humans. That's what they thought. So that was the contract that was created back then in ancient Egypt. So the Anunnaki left on their ships and they went away and they were happy. And the reptilians went underground, Uh um, just like they did when the cataclysms happened with the dinosaurs. And while they were underground, they said, how do we uh <laughs> influence human beings still maintain control of human beings uh without being seen and they started to create technology and they started to work with the bloodlines and the bloodlines were picking out certain individuals who have been um very similar to the anunnaki mixing with the humans the reptilians were also mixing with the humans creating these hybrids and through those bloodlines they were able to actually Like basically what they can do is they can transport their consciousness, kind of like astral traveling, and move into the body of a human being who has higher than normal reptilian DNA. And in that way, they can fully take over the body and fully influence the body under their will, essentially kicking the original human soul out of the body, um, along with the technology that they have to kind of like a holograph themselves and that's kind of more recent technology to holograph themselves to look like a human um, and that's where they can shape shift out of that human form so since then is when they've been in full control and it's kind of like a face palm for the galactic federation to be like we really should have worded that contract a different way (laughs) however however once again going up there and getting pissed at them like guys come on like who did you fire for this like somebody's somebody's going down for this one (laughs) um they told me once again it was all a part of the contracts because what the reptilians have been doing and like shape-shifting and pretending to be humans and creating wars quote-unquote and like fear and just distraction and and so much drama really on planet earth um, it is allowing human beings to see the darkest aspects of ourselves and the darkest aspects of the universe and i really believe that the reptilian beings um, and also all the dark energy on planet earth is kind of sticking their their foot in their mouth because uh, by pushing so much fear and so much darkness at a certain point in time humans are going to be like yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to watch the news anymore because I have an anxiety attack every time I do. Like literally there's so much darkness that they're turning to the light on their own free will and volition because they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I get that. And and 2020 to now is really showing us that we can make a higher vibrational choice. So I'm really fascinated with the bloodlines. I just, yeah. I'm, that's another, another area of curiosity. Okay. What bloodline was Jesus? Okay, so Jesus, I believe his soul was an ascended master. Mm-hmm. And the bloodline of the body um, was very Palladian. So he's he kind of had that mix of both. And then, of course, his teachings got extremely skewed uh, further mm-hmm. down the line. Um, the one time I connected with Jesus as an ascended master, just in my meditation, I didn't expect it. And, you know, his purpose... To, to bring to planet earth to incarnate here was to 
um, embody absolute unconditional love. And with that embodiment and unconditional love isn't like, I love, I love you unconditionally. It's not that romanticized bullshit, honestly. It's a vibrational frequency that is of the highest vibration. And in that frequency, that's where you can turn water into wine. That's where you can create fish out of nothing. That's where you can walk on water because he was essentially defying the laws of physics while he was around simply because he was in a much, much higher vibration. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe, and what he was trying to teach us all is that we can all embody that vibration and we can all defy, defy the laws of physics, classical physics. Like, for example, if I wanted to stick my hand through this wall, I could in this uh, highest vibration, you know, and I believe that that's possible. So that's kind of what he was here to show us all. Okay. Okay. So with the bloodlines, is there, I've heard that there's a pretty big mission to get rid of certain bloodlines. No, I haven't. I haven't heard that, but obviously like, I don't, I don't hear everything. I don't know everything, but what I know is that the bloodlines that have had, okay, there's two bloodlines that have the most emphasis the highest vibrational bloodlines and the lowest vibrational bloodlines. Okay. Um, the highest vibrational ones are typically like prone to getting psychically attacked their entire lives since they were born. So whether that be really bad nightmares or just really bad luck or, mm. you know, never really being able to get ahead or just having freak accidents, you know, that can be caused by just being a light worker, just being here in the highest vibration. And, and that light causes those shadows. I always say the brighter the light you shine, the darker shadow you cast. Getting to the unconditional love part, it's like, I understand the darkest aspects of myself and I love the darkest aspects of myself and I understand the brightest aspects and I love those too. You know, it's loving both sides in unity. Um, and then the lowest vibrational um, bloodlines are mostly just the reptilian bloodlines and they are obsessed with uh, keeping those bloodlines a certain way. That's why there's a lot of interbreeding when it comes to, and when we witness the royal bloodlines, that's why there's a lot of like, oh, go ahead and marry your cousin because he's the Duke of whatever. It's not that they wanted to keep the money or the power. It's that they wanted to keep the bloodlines um, so that the reptilians can continue to come in. And apparently one of the most witnessed shapeshifter uh, in present day is Queen Elizabeth. And there are like what I've read as far as like um, blogs and articles and, and, and different things from England is uh, there are thousands of calls every single year for every appearance that she makes of like, oh my God, like, I don't, am I losing my mind? Do I need to go visit a hospital? But like, I swear I just saw Queen Elizabeth as like a 10 foot tall uh, lizard. You know what I mean? Like these are just people who are just out there waving the flag, watching Queenie, just walking by. And they literally see her in her true form, um, which I think is really fascinating. What other people in power, whether they're, you know, some of them, obviously Queen Elizabeth or maybe some people in government, but even if there are some others, like who are, who are some shapeshifter, who are some reptilian um, beings that we know about or that you know about? Justin Bieber, Adele, um, Jay-Z has been like known to, to shapeshift in front of people. Um, Kanye West, for sure. Uh, you know, and it's, it's really sad because these, these celebrities, these politicians, 
from a very young age, they go through a very similar indoctrination process to say something called MK Ultra, which is a complete brainwashing. And what they do is they disassociate the soul from the body. And that's why a lot of these celebrities have disassociative identity disorder, um, different personalities. They have mood swings. They have absolute collapses when they're in their 20s because they've gone through so much trauma. So you really have to feel compassion to these these individuals at a human level um, maybe before the transition so you know i don't want to say that every politician every celebrity um it's it's uh there are some very prominent ones out there like um you know even angelina jolie i ended up seeing a video that was like super underground of her talking about like killing small animals and blood and sex rituals um, in order to be kind of, in order to maintain her status in this community, right? We, in the Illuminati or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, these things do exist. And um, it's really important that we understand what's out there and we understand what's happening. But it's simultaneously that much more important to understand that that is one small piece of the greater picture that's taking place on planet Earth. And we're actually getting away from all of that shadowy government, Illuminati, reptilian shapeshifter stuff. And we're moving into a much higher vibration because I know for me, I was so obsessed with shapeshifters and dark agendas and and shadow governments and Illuminati and, and seeing all of the signs that it really put me into a low vibrational place. I call it a 4D place for a number of years before I'm like, well, what more is there? You know, what else is going on in the universe? And that's why I'm like, oh, there's this whole galactic federation full of beings who are here to help us ascend and, and get to a higher frequency. It's really important that we understand what's out there and we understand what's happening, but it's simultaneously that much more important to understand that that is one small piece of the greater picture that's taking place on planet Earth. And we're actually getting away from all of that shadowy government, Illuminati, reptilian shapeshifter stuff. And we're moving into a much higher vibration because I know for me, I was so obsessed with shapeshifters and dark agendas and and shadow governments and Illuminati and, and seeing all of the signs that it really put me into a low vibrational place. I call it a 4D place for a number of years before I'm like, well, what more is there? You know, what else is going on in the universe? And that's why I'm like, oh, there's this whole galactic federation full of beings who are here to help us ascend and and get to a higher frequency. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, I mean, I feel like maybe the starting point is reincarnation. It's the, you know, us as souls. And I know that past life regression was something that your dad did for you and that you uh, started doing yourself um, soon after. Um, so maybe with that, like what, you know, explain reincarnation, explain how we come into this body in this point in time, in this family with all these things, like, how does this whole process work from death to rebirth? All right. We have five hours. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll sum it up. So yeah. So my kind of beginning, uh, consciously to get into all of this stuff, was was past life regression and okay so i'll bring it like super macro and then i'll bring it super micro so at a macro level like in the entire universe you've got source frequency source energy some people call it god i just call it Mm -hmm. source um and source is unity it's all it's everything and nothing it's light and dark 
And Source decided to split itself off many times over and incarnate into singular versions of itself. So if it's all the colors in the rainbow, it's like, I'm just going to be red for this lifetime. I'm just going to be yellow. And the reason why Source decided to go back to the beginning, go back to the nothingness, is because it wanted to learn. It wanted to experience. It wanted to grow. Um, and that's kind of where we come into play in plants and animals and all of that have a piece of Source, have that soul. Um, we're all experiencing different lessons. So the whole point of life in general, getting away from all the conspiracies and the agendas is really just to be here to learn, to experience, to grow, to get challenged, to move forward. There's a really pivotal conversation that I had with Source itself many years ago. And the question I asked is like, you know, I get asked this question all the time why is there so much suffering? Like, why, if you're this almighty, all-knowing, all-omnipresent thing, why would you allow that? And Soros came back to me to say, okay, imagine you had access to everything in my 3D world, all material possessions, all friends, all great dynamics, all knowledge, all information, all anything you could ever possibly imagine. You had it all. And Soros said, all right, Elizabeth, how long would it take for you to get bored? I'm like, oof, yeah, not long. If you have it all, where do you go from there? And so Source decided to kind of reverse itself and to split itself off. And so if you imagine, like, I believe there are 12 dimensions in this universe, and there, of course, there are many different universes, and every dimension has a certain vibrational frequency to it. The lower dimensions are further away from source, further away from infinity or unconditional love frequency. So they're more singular, they're more linear. And then the closer you are to source in the higher dimensions, the more a part of source you become um, in that way. And so if you could imagine like just in a very plain way, Every dimension, there's a thousand lessons that you have to learn in that said dimension. Mm -hmm. You incarnate a thousand times, or sometimes it takes 10,000 incarnations <laughs> to learn the thousand we know those people or what have you. Um, you learn what you need to from that dimension and you move on to the next one. Now, I originally thought upon receiving that information, okay, dimension one, dimension two, dimension three, dimension four my linear mind perceived it as that. Then I started doing past life regression for people. And I'm like, you were an 11th dimensional angel in your past life, like in your very last lifetime. Like, what are you doing as a third dimensional human? And I started to realize that it doesn't go one, two, three, four, five. It oh. goes, you go wherever you need, you are needed to experience that lesson. Um, yeah, so there is a difference in souls on this planet at this time, which is super unprecedented and very, very, very unlike any other third dimensional uh, terrestrial planet out there. Typically, third dimensional planets have third dimensional souls, period. Like that's, even though it doesn't have to be that way, that's typically the way. If you're presented in a reality that contains this much or a certain amount of energy, your soul is going to match that much energy. It's like fitting a, you know, a round peg into a round hole. That's essentially what it is. Um, this planet is obviously different. There's a huge shift that's taking place. We're this massive peace treaty. So we have bad influences. We've got these shapeshifters. We've got these dark entities. And however, we also have all of these other beings who are choosing to be here at this time. 
So the Galactic Federation said, all right, we kind of messed up. You know, the reptilian beings are on planet Earth. They're manipulating human beings. What can we do to help? And they went through a lot of different things to try and help humans. Uh, I'll name two of their attempts and then I'll name the third one, which is actually what the success was. The first thing that they really tried was let's just go greet the humans in our true form and tell them that there's so much more than this and that they're so powerful and that they can do it, you know? And all of a sudden they're like, an angel from the sky came to greet me. Let's write a Bible about it. And let's indoctrinate more people, you know, into this limited frame of belief. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they were deemed crazy. And unfortunately they got persecuted for having these experiences, or they became some sort of religious leader and totally took it out of context. So that strategy did not work. Um, the second strategy that they uh, tried, and they've tried many, these are just a couple, is they're like, let's go ahead and manufacture a vibrational grid around the planet that every human being is connected to. So it's kind of like a mini, it's almost like we have our mini sun or a mini source, but it's kind of like a grid all around planet Earth. And that helps me connect to you even without words, you know, all across the planet. And uh, there's actually been a couple of different really cool studies that show that we are connected in an unspoken way. Um, So they manufactured that and that helped to a certain extent. Uh, And we still have this consciousness grid around planet Earth today, which is getting more and more activated, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, The other thing that they tried that really started to work is they're like, okay, If the humans won't listen to us or they do listen to us and they misinterpret us because we're so different, because we can fly and float and we come down in ships or we look different or what have you, let's just go ahead and be the human. Maybe they'll listen to their own kind. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, that didn't go over so well. So that's when the Galactic Federation started to look for volunteers. Hey, beautiful beings of higher frequencies. Do you want to go on an adventure of a lifetime? Come on down to planet Earth. It's going to be really fun, you know? And so like a roller coaster. Yeah. The ups and the downs. Like just imagine jail, you know? (laughs) There you go. But that's, you know, and it was really tough to find volunteers from the Galactic Federation, as you could imagine. Why would we leave all of this and go down there? You know, but that's what they needed. They needed. They needed individuals who had a higher natural vibration to come to planet Earth to teach the humans while being a human. And this started to work. Like this technique was the first one to really make a huge impact. Um, And that's kind of how, uh, you know, starseeds got born. And so I always say starseeds. And when I reference starseeds, it means that your soul is not originally from the lower dimensions. It's not originally from planet Earth. It's actually from much higher dimensions. And you came to incarnate and volunteer to be here as a human. The problem so that happened. What percentage yeah. of people are volunteers then? Um, it's been increasing. It's been increasing. I would say at this point in time, around, I don't know. It would, it's hard to say. I would say between 10 to 20%. Got it. Okay. Which is actually a huge number of people. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. And so, and I think it's, the numbers are increasing and more, more star seeds are so incarnating this- here. 
So this is what maybe Dolores Cannon was speaking about, about the three waves of volunteers, right? And they kind of have their own sort of enti- sort of characteristics, but there's been three waves of volunteers and the most recent are really the crystal children that already have the upgraded DNA that, you know, are yep. growing up right now. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. totally. Okay. Okay. And, and you Just know, it's, it's so fascinating to meet a being who's never been to this planet before. And they're just so bewildered and excited and sometimes super apathetic. And they're just like, they're so overstimulated. They're so overwhelmed with everything that's taking place that they don't know. Mm. uh, They don't know where to go. Right. And like, so I call it a, a starseed syndrome. Starseed (laughs) syndrome is basically where they're just floating along life. They, they, they don't really have any passions because it's just too overwhelming for them to be here. And this is where we get into imprinted lifetimes, which I believe is the new, uh, the new 5D version of uh, volunteers coming to planet Earth is why would you want to live out all of these dense human lifetimes of suffering and challenge and the Middle Ages, which were awful, um, when you could just download all of those lifetimes? It's kind of like reading a book and saying, all right, I've read the the how-to human guide for planet Earth because I've downloaded and imprinted all of these past lives. And right. now I've got enough skills to come to planet Earth with. And me as a past life regressionist, especially at the beginning of my career, um, it was very difficult to tell the difference between what lifetimes are imprinted and what lifetimes are real. And there's a whole f- like flurry of issues uh, mm. when we're getting into that because if you get a random flashback of a past life of you getting persecuted and you believe that you really lived in that lifetime, then just by believing that was truly you, you could create karma around that. The whole point of past life imprinting is, of course, you get to hop over the space and the time of actually living through the lifetime, but you also come to the planet with zero karma because you took zero of that action in those lifetimes Mm -hmm. that you're imprinting, you come with a very clean energy center. What what would you tell people if they were going to, let's say someone was about to lose someone? What does that look like? Oh, lose someone like God. Yeah, yeah. Like you die, like what happens then? Do you always come back as you always come back as a human or you don't always, right? You go other places, but you don't die essentially your energy doesn't die yeah no definitely not so I do like I used to do with clients a lot of um, one-on-one work and a lot of mediumship Uh, and so I would actually follow the soul through the white light tunnel so that's all a thing like you you hear a lot about um, like near-death experiences and it's all very similar to that when you pass away um, you have a choice to make Um, Do I have unfinished business and do I stick around or do I move on? And when a soul decides to stick around, but their body ends up passing away, then they're kind of in this weird uh, liminal realm. So the way that I see it, because I kind of go to them is it's kind of like they're just in a dark room and they're Mm. full of emotions and they're full of fears and they're full of attachments Mm. and what happened and what if, and I should have, and why not? And all of these regrets. And because of that emotion that's unresolved or the attachment that's unresolved, they end up getting stuck there and we can interpret or see them as like a ghost, like they're a spirit. And And the dark room that they're in could be the house that they passed away in. And then they're attached to that house and they don't really know that they're attached and they don't know that there's another way. So 
that's when I can come in and say, Hey, you know, let, like, let me hear your story. What do you, what information do you need to get out in order to feel like your soul is relieved enough to cross over? Yeah, yeah. Then I'll go ahead and cross them over. Some individuals have such a lighthearted energy. They're like, I know that I've been, you know, slowly decaying for a while and I'm prepared for death. And when their body um, passes away, their soul goes right into the light and they end up crossing over. And that's why their friends and family members and spirit guides and everyone is there to greet them. And it's a huge celebration and all of their heaviness and fears and regret from the past in this lifetime go away instantly. And then there's a period in time, some souls take longer than others, where they have to review their lifetime. It's like the lifetime review. Yeah, it's like, yeah. these are the decisions that you made. And these are the people that you impacted. And, and so I don't believe that there's a heaven and a hell, like in a religious sense. But I do believe that there's mm, higher and lower vibrations that you can experience afterwards. Eventually, a soul will choose to cross over. They're not stuck there indefinitely. They will when they're ready when they're ready, they will cross over to the light. And then in that place, after you've reviewed your lifetime and you figured out what body do I want to be in next? What incarnation do I want to experience? What challenges have I yet to experience? And then you get uh, put into the incarnation that best serves your highest vibrational good. Sometimes you're a tree. Like people don't realize that we can be a tree. We can be an ant. We can be a bird, you know, in the sky. Um, and so. Yeah. Wow. So what is, what do we have with us on earth as far as guides and ent energies around us? Do we always have like a dedicated certain, certain kinds of people around us that are just dedicated to us? I, I guess I understand that you could connect with, connect with anyone in the galactic federation or them themselves and entities, but do we have certain angels or guides or like what is around us on this, in this world? Yeah. So on average, I've observed that people have about 10 spirit guides. Some of their spirit guides are humans from this lifetime, from past lifetimes, from their ancestral lineage. And some of those spirit guides are interdimensional or extraterrestrial beings, whether they be angels or, you know, greys or the like. Um, and then so the spirit guides actually come and go all the time. So our kind of, sometimes we have set spirit guides for our entire life, but most likely what I've seen is that we have a spirit guide, maybe for 10 years, and they're there with us for the specific energy that they need to give us at that time. And even when we think about interdimensional spirit guides, they are typically beings that you've lived with uh, on different planets uh, in different okay. dimensions um, as well. So they're kind of like family for you and they volunteer for that position. So no one in your spirit guide group is just random. The, the, you know, you know everyone like family. And so I could always tell who was uh, a volunteer starseed versus a human based on how many humans or how many starseeds uh, or interdimensionals they had in their spirit guide group. So I always thought that that was a really interesting way of, of telling, you know, who that soul is, because if you have a bunch of aliens in your group, it's like, well, you're one of them and you really need their guidance because this is a tough terrain to navigate. Um, whereas if you have a lot of humans, it's like they're here to help you with the human experience. And mm -hmm. it's always good to have five and five, you know, to have a good mix. Um, one being that will always stay with you, I believe for your entire incarnation, if not every 
incarnation you've ever had uh, or ever will have is your guardian angel. And they're a really set fixture in your energy and vibration. And Mm. um, they're kind of the frequency of your higher self. And I I just want to mention that spirit guides are never there to tell you what to do. Okay. Spirit guides are only there to help you align to your highest vibrational contracts. All right. So they never, they're never allowed to disempower you or uh, make decisions for you. They're just there to guide you. How do we ask, do we have to ask them for help? Uh, Yeah. If you, if, I mean, they're there to help you and kind of give you those signs and those red flags or whatever throughout our way. But if you really want to be clear or you have a very specific situation that you need assistance on, absolutely find a quiet place. Um, let go of your your mind and your thoughts and connect with them by saying, I want to connect to my spirit guides for the highest good of all involved. And this is what I really need help with. So many people believe that they are not psychic because they do not hear their spirit guides talking back to them. We need to realize that our spirit guides come into our physical realities in many different ways. Sometimes we'll just be browsing on Google and a weird random video will pop up or an article will pop up. That's actually messages from them. All right. So weird random moments, incidents, even accidents, uh, just random things can come into Mm. our lives or you're walking by a stranger and they're talking on the phone and they're talking about the exact situation that you're in and you Mm -hmm. get the piece of information that you need at that time. (laughs) That's your spirit guides. Got it. Got it. So are there old souls then or souls that are more if of have come through more incarnations, more lifetimes, more experiences than others? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, kind of irrelevant to say old because it implies that you've been around for longer. And, and the amount of time that you've been around is actually irrelevant because it's the amount of experience that you've gained access to. Like okay. one of my clients in the past, and I don't, I don't do any more one-on-one sessions, so I had to put that out there. Um, But one of my clients in the past, she was learning the lesson of grief and grieving, which granted is a really tough life lesson to learn. But Mm -hmm. what that means is everyone she's ever loved, every animal she's ever had have all passed away way before their time in super horrific ways, right? So she's experienced a ton of grief in this lifetime. When I took a look at her past life records um, in the Akashic records, I saw that this is her 10th lifetime learning the same lesson. Um. One lesson. 10 entire lifetimes, which could potentially be a very long time. Whereas, you know, some people will go through one, one lifetime, learn two lessons, right? So the amount of time doesn't necessarily matter. It's the amount of experience and the willingness to change that you have. The Mm -hmm. more stuck you are, the more attached you are, the more you identify with certain elements of your reality, the less willing you are to change. I believe that the number one tool that anyone needs, no matter where you fall on the spectrum, in order to get to a higher vibration or the fifth dimension frequency is the willingness to change. If you're willing to drop everything that you are right now in this moment or everything that you have in this moment for something that's more aligned or in a higher vibration, then you are well on your way to entering into a higher state of frequency and you're accepting the changing and the movement of energy from moment to moment rather than this is who I am. This is what I have to have every day. This is my schedule. This is my routine. And you really lock yourself into a reality that probably doesn't serve you or at least maybe it did serve you and it doesn't anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Thank you for saying that. Um, well, let's talk about timelines um, as we're kind of winding down on our own timeline. I mean, I've been saying for a couple of years now, everything seems so fast. Like I can't even, you know, if somebody says, oh, this is going to take a while, like, or, you know, we'll be working on this and whatever kind of general, just conversational timeline people give me, I know to not think of it in the same way that I used to. It doesn't mean that the old sort of maybe parameters were like, oh, it's going to take a while. It'll be like a few months. It's like, I, this could be next week. Like, I, 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 who knows, right? <laughs> and so why is that happening? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, they, they actually did a survey of people um, through 2020 to 2021. And 50% of people... Um, all said that time was moving faster and 50% of people all said the time was moving slower, but pretty much 90% to 100% of people all said time worked differently, right? Which is so fascinating. And I feel like once again, when we're removed from routine and we're just in complete energetic flow, um, time does move differently. Some days feel really quickly and some days feel like it was a month long. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to experience this kind of quantumness um, of this new frequency reality. And it's like everything's going to be different, but at such a subtle level that you really have to be aware of the subtleties to pick up on it. So I'm just going to plant a seed and absolutely blow your mind with what I believe is possible in this new frequency. So two years ago, I downloaded this um hypothesis, let's say, okay, scientific experiment, I call it quantum convergence theory, okay? So what I believe we are going to be able to do in our lifetime at some point, and it's going to take practice, is within a 20-minute period, I believe we will be able to do multiple different things uh, at the same time in the physical third dimension reality. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in 20 minutes, it, uh, it takes you 20 minutes to water all your uh, plants. It takes mm-hmm. you 20 minutes to answer all your emails. It takes you 20 minutes to walk the dog. And I believe that in, in this quantum convergence theory, I could actually be sitting on my chair, closing my eyes, uh, in a meditative state and, After 20 minutes goes by, I open my eyes, the plants are watered, the dog is walked, and the emails are sent. And what's happening, you know, and so what's happening is all these timelines are actually converging together. This is where we're getting a lot of weird timeline glitches, but also a lot of weird glitches in the matrix. I swear I sent that email. I remember sending that email. I remember downloading that form that I needed to send with the email. I have the form. I can't find the email anywhere. And the person is telling me that that never happened. And this is going to ramp up. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because Every single time you set an intention, every single time you want to manifest something, uh, you hop into a timeline before that happens. If you are indecisive in life, you're hopping into this timeline, then this timeline, then this timeline, then this timeline. There's bound to be some sort of timeline glitch, which means that we could set an intention to walk down one timeline and end up with the end result of a different timeline that actually never supposedly happened. This is where we get into the Mandela effect, right? And these crazy glitches that happen. So time is weird. Timelines are weird. And I believe that at a certain point in time, based on the double slit experiment, um, based on uh, wave particle duality, we are going to be able to get to a place where we can do multiple things um, at the exact same time. 
Wow. How long do you think that's going to take? Uh, like I said, it's going to take a lot of practice. I think eventually kids will just be born being able to do this, you know. Um, but I, I want to actually uh, leave off with a really good example of this, this timeline thing. Um, so many years ago, I was really understanding quantum physics and what's possible within that realm. And I had a friend of mine uh, call me up and she says, hey, you know, something really weird took place. And I said, what, what happened? And she's like, well, last night, you know, me and my husband for the first time ever had this incredible conversation. We talked for four hours. I did a ton of meditating that day. So I was in a higher vibration. And like, it was like the first time we've ever been in 5D together. And we hashed everything out. And it was absolutely incredible. And then we went to bed that night. And she said, in the next morning, we both wake up, we go to the grocery store together. And on the way, on the drive to the grocery store, she turns to him and says, hey, what an incredible conversation we had last night. And he looks oh, at her and he's like, God. what do you mean? I just watched football. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, the, you know, the four hour conversation. I mean, we were up to like 1 a.m. Like having this. What do you, I mean, I went to bed at 10 after watching the football game. And, and then you watched <laughs> your thing and we went to bed. And she's like, am I going crazy? Like, what is <laughs> happening? And I had to to tap into it because I'm like I don't know like that does sound yeah. wild <laughs> and what I channeled was that in that moment at that night they align to the same vibration now even though she's usually in a different vibration higher vibration and he's in a lower vibration she will always lower herself to be in his vibration mm -hmm. whatever that may may be or may look like and that night he was able to come into her higher vibration the fifth dimension frequency in this other timeline so with quantum physics and Schrodinger's cat and all of those cool experiments, technically both the 3D timeline where they both watch TV in different rooms uh -huh. and they went to bed differently existed at the same time where they had this four hour conversation. They both simultaneously existed. And then what happened was when they went to bed that night and they woke up, they woke up in their timelines there's that timeline she woke up in the fifth dimension frequency he woke up in the third dimension therefore in her reality in her memory in her past that conversation absolutely did take place because she remembers that timeline however in his reality in the third dimension reality the other 3d timeline took place and that happened wow yeah well that supports your theory yeah well, it's you know cool. it's, it's an example <laughs> of it of something like it for sure yeah wow Wow. Well, I guess, I guess if um, we're talking about fast timelines, it's like, what, well, what would you recommend with this sort of way that things are going? What is the best way to take advantage of time not working the same? Right now on the planet is like a really pivotal time to manifest, especially mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you've stayed this long. Uh, this is a really great tip. So the the majority of the world right now is in chaos frequency. That's what I call it. Basically a fear-based frequency. Yeah. And in a fear-based frequency, they are triggered into fight or flight or survival tendencies, mm -hmm. which means that they are not uh, consciously creating their reality, which means you do not have to cut through everyone else's uh, attempt to create their own reality to create your own. So the playing field right now in order to manifest is super clear. Everyone's in their chaos frequency. And that means that the second you are clear and intentional about something, it will happen and it will happen rapid pace. Things mm. that used to take years to manifest are taking weeks, if not days, if not moments to manifest. Um, so what I would recommend right now for people is 
be very intentional and manifest every single moment of your day. And it's not sitting down to do this whole manifestation ceremony and vision board. And you don't have to do all of that anymore. It's rapid time. So all you have to do is say, wake up in the morning and have the routine of what do I want out of my day today? What do I want my day to feel like by the end of this day? Um, And so that intention will align the right Mm. timeline to that intention. If you are not intentional, anything and the kitchen sink is going to happen that day. Why? Because you were not set on what you wanted to manifest and create for that day. Now, one more thing I want to mention about manifestation. It's very important, just like talking to your spirit guides, that you do not expect or attach yourself to what you want to manifest. Um, so, you know, put, put yeah. intentions out there without yeah. uh, expectation or attachment, because that'll lower the vibration, which essentially does not allow those things to manifest and be very aware of how the manifestation enters into your reality. Take note of that. So the best example that I have, I was working with manifestation many years ago, every week I was manifesting something new just to play around with the energy of it. And so the one week I was like, I'm going to manifest myself a free cup of coffee. Um, and I knew that a free cup of coffee was a dollar thirteen, whatever, at Tim Hortons because I'm Canadian. And uh, and so I go into uh, like a coffee shop that week, and I'm standing in line, and this like super nice like older man like in front of me starts up this conversation, and I'm thinking this is it, this is my free cup of coffee. I've manifested what I wanted. And as we progress through the line, we're we're chatting, getting along, and then he goes up to order his cup of coffee. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, no big deal. I'll just buy my own cup of coffee. (laughs) So I bought my cup of coffee. I walk out of the the coffee shop. And oddly enough, there's a little pile of change on the ground. And now typically I wouldn't kind of notice it or take note of it or even pick it up. But I felt intuitively inclined to bend down and pick up the change. And as I'm picking up these dimes and nickels and quarters and pennies and whatever, I'm (laughs) counting it. And as I count it out, I'm like, it is exactly a dollar thirteen. It is oh exactly God. what my cup of coffee was. And oh my in my mind, it was it was that realization of I expected the manifestation to come in one way and it came in a completely different way. I yeah. still got a free cup of coffee, but not necessarily the way that I expected. Yeah. So yeah. set intentions, manifest what you want, but let go of the attachment, let go of the expectation, let go of the when and the how and the where, and just trust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love that. That's a great way to end it. That's so great. Thank you so much. What, (laughs) what just amazing info. And I'm sure we're blowing some minds, especially if they've hung on to the end, but if they've hung on to the end, they're probably into this anyway. So um, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. And you know, I definitely think people should start following you and follow your updates. It's good stuff. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, if anyone does want to follow up, like there's tons of information out there. So it's just elizabethapril.com or Elizabeth April kind of everywhere um, on all socials. So that's kind of, it's going to be your deep dive for, for the follow through of this content, but we covered a ton of topics today. I'm super impressed. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.